Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic host of Bachelor Nation News. It's December 14th. Welcome to Bachelor Rush Hour. Alrighty, this is your home for Bachelor Nation News and other ramblings of yours truly. And we've got uh, a full-on barrel scraping season here. We've actually got several different clips from the Nick Vile podcast, Vile Files, and also... A story about a Bachelor alumni, Becca Tilly, going to the White House to support the Respect for Marriage Act. We're going to get into that story at the end because I know some people say, well, Dave, why are we talking politics here? Well, I'll tell you what. I've rearranged the show so those of you who would rather not hear of a Bachelor-adjacent political story, you can just not listen to that. How about that? That's almost like if you're at a buffet and you don't like the crab legs, which, by the way, never eat a crab legs at a buffet. I put them at the end of the aisle, which means you can load up on your chicken cacciatore, your uh, bolognese lasagna, whatever the hell it is you want to eat. And you don't have to get to that crabby seafood at the end, known as a political bachelor video. All right. Well, yesterday was fun. I kind of had a, a sort of, I don't want to call it a meltdown because I enjoyed it very much. Talk to you guys about what's been irking me and bothering me. And it's a lot of those end of the year conversations about mental health and carving out enough personal time and taking care of myself. And, um, you know, when, when, uh, when content is hard to source this time of year, you know, it can be a, uh, it can be a burden to try to get my job done because uh, we're pulling stories out of nowhere. It's almost like if I'm a magician and I didn't bring my magic tricks. I don't have the magician's hat or the rabbit and how I'm trying to make a rabbit appear out of nowhere. And that's the barrel, baby. And we scrape that barrel and I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, I've gotten literal years where I don't go to a Christmas party, a holiday party, and I've there's been so many this year. I don't know if it's because people are out and about or if, um, you know, maybe... Um, Maybe I'm more open to them, but um, had two parties yesterday. One was at the Improv, which is the, of course, home for uh, Los Angeles comedy. It's one of the best comedy clubs out there. And they had a Christmas party. And I was like, you know what? I'm going. I don't even know anyone who's going, but I obviously am in the comedy community. So I know that there'll be people there I know. So I was just like, you know what? I got to go. I felt anxiety. I felt anxiety about going. I was like, oh, you know, I'm showing up alone. Who am I going to talk to? And of course, before I even get to the doors, I see a whole bunch of friends and talk to people and make some good connections. And the whole point of mingling in the stand-up world is because... You know, we're, we're like a stand-up comedians are touring. We're all over the country. We're performing in different places. You kind of forget who's quote-unquote in town. And if I can relate this back to other people, just showing up to the quote-unquote water cooler. I'm doing a lot of quote-unquotes. Just showing up to the comedy club to talk to other comedians is one of the easiest ways to get booked on future shows because you're just relating to your peers. You're saying, hello, I'm here. And it's not exactly like the same thing as painting if you're an artist, but it's like going to the paint store where you see other painters and you kind of rub off on each other and inspire each other. So my whole point to you all out there is if you're in a business or a hobby that involves some sort of creative passion or some sort of um, community where you don't get to necessarily rub elbows with people every day go to the convention go to the meetup go to the book club go to wherever it is that fellow like minds are meeting and be a part of that community and step out of and again this is like after you know this this psychop right this psychological operation of 
stay at home order and zoom meetings and being stuck at home. I'm giving you guys the permission, be healthy, you know, don't go out there if you're sick, but I'm giving you guys the permission to go rub elbows with people that will inspire you. Spend the, uh, spend the money flying to the conference if you have it, or finding out where in your local community you can meet and mingle with people that are either A, creating like you are, or B, that inspire you. Because all we have in this world out here is what we leave behind and the company that we keep in the process. That's really all it is. So if we're not exactly acting on that hunch inside of us that says, be a screenplay writer or, um, you know, invent that new vacuum widget. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's all about like, why is it that as humans, we want to create pyramids. We want to build bridges. We want to develop infrastructure and technology. Why is that? Well, because I feel like we're all meant to create in different ways. You might be a mommy blogger. You might want to share your influence on what type of um, uh, uh, a seasonal denim jeans are good for your toddler. I don't know. But the point is, there's literally a world and a community for all of us out there. And I encourage you to find it and to share whatever that gift is you have, because there's nothing worse in life than holding on to a secret. As we'll get to in our third piece of content today, there is nothing worse for the soul and for the human body in its physical form than holding on to a secret, a burden, um, a wish about who we could be. I'm here as your friendly pal to remind all of you out there that you can deburden yourself. It's okay to come out of the closet in whichever way you're in it, whether it be wanting to be more creative, wanting to go out dancing, whatever it is you're holding back on, the world's not going to judge you. The world doesn't give a shit, okay? And it, the world's going to respect you greatly when you dance like nobody's watching. All right, in our first clip today, we've got Nick uh, Vile discussing what it was like to run into Johnny at the People's Choice Awards. Have a listen. Let's hear what Nick had to say about meeting Johnny Filippo. You and Johnny, not only did you sit at the same table, yeah. you were in a trailer together. We had some selfies. We were in a trailer oh, together. Wow. It was a delightful. Walk me through this. Yeah, I uh, I hosted the uh, red carpet for E! And uh, So, yeah, Nick hosted the red carpet for E! on, I believe, E!'s uh, app and Twitter, hey, which is great. It's a great opportunity. He's no, uh, he's no a stranger to People's Choice Awards. Here's uh, him actually in 2020 getting nominated for People's Choice Award. Hi, people. I just want to say thanks so much. This is amazing for nominating the Vile Files for uh, Pop Podcast of 2020. It, it means a lot. I mean, I, I'm really proud of my podcast, The Vile Files. Uh, Quite honestly, I've never felt like the people's choice, so this comes as a, a surprise, but one, I, I sincerely appreciate it. Um, why am I not wearing a shirt? Well, uh, I do own shirts, so, but, listen, the voting's open. You can vote every day, and you have a lot of great options to vote for, and I'm just here to say, I'm kind of willing to do whatever to get your vote. There you have it, folks. All right. Well, look, I mean, he's got to stay warm here. I look, if I, if honestly, if I had that body fat percentage, I probably wouldn't wear a shirt either. I'd be uh, nipples out Dave, but I'm not and I don't. Okay. So let's go back to what he had to say. I saw Johnny coming down the carpet. I said hi to him and he gave me a, oh, you know, kind of like, <laughs> I was like, what's up, Johnny? 
and um, got to see him. I had met him before, so it was the second time I, I've seen him. And then um, I had to finish up. Nally went in, and she's like, Johnny's at our table. I was like, great. Love it. Love that. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and Ryan Reynolds was the People's Choice Icon recipient of the re- awards, which was you know, a big deal for me. I've always been a huge fan of his throughout my life. I mean, ever since I was like in high school, I was a, a fan of his or people here and there like saying I resembled him. And obviously like, you know, I think when someone tells you you look like someone who's famous and you find them to be like iconic, iconic, you know, you become a fan of them. Maybe it's your own narcissism. I, I- totally get it. I get told I look like uh, Timothy Chalamet's, uh unemployed older brother. So I understand. Yeah. And of course, he was eviscerated. Nick was in Sophie's Substack, which was a review of his book. Uh, Don't text your ex. Happy birthday. As I've said before, and I'll say it again, I think everyone can write their own book and sell their own book. It's a free market. Right, folks? But uh, I mean, someone can write a bad review, too. But I think it's like, you know, uh, Nick can offer whatever advice he wants. But he does compare himself to Ryan Reynolds, which I understand. Like Nick's not lying. He's like, yeah, I, you know, they said I said I, they said I look like an A-list movie star, so I'm going to use it. Uh, but of course, uh, you know, people go, oh my gosh, he keeps comparing himself to Ryan Reynolds. Well, yeah, no, that's that, who, who cares. That's what I have to say. Who cares? Absolutely. I don't know, right? Don't you like? Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel sure. like everyone's I like love it. Like favorite celebrity is someone they some person told you you look like. Mm, probably, right? Susie. Do you get? Is there one that you consistently get? Um, well, since. Coming into this world, Hannah Brown. Which, by the way, um, I know. But previously, when I used to have dark hair, I would get Mila Kunis. I know who she looks exactly. She looks just like Deb Ryan. How come no one's mentioning this? Oh, wrong, wrong. Uh, she looks just like Deb Ryan, who's, a, you know, not exactly like, I mean, she's a pretty well-known actress. Either way, I mean, she looks more like Deb Ryan than she does Hannah Brown. All right. Who cares? Back to it. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes totally. I get Kira Knightley Big Bachelor too. fan. Kira Knightley. I see more Kira Knightley than Mila. All right. So let's just jump forward to the 520 mark here, where we talk more about old Johnny Ball games here, or 550 right here, and uh, which was just kind of cool. So yeah, I sat down and I talked to Johnny. I don't know. I like it that sweater. All fine. Like I didn't it's a really. Nice sweater. It wasn't like a big deal. There's there was never a feud and then we were just kind of i don't know we were, i i came in in the middle of the show the show had not the middle of the show the show had just started and then uh i bet johnny, you i bet you nick respects johnny for johnny clapping back when johnny commented like oh glad to see you know everything about my life to nick you know what i mean um and i'm sure as johnny is coming out of the spell of romance and he's kind of like breaking that oxytocin bond that exists when you're fornicating and loving and hugging and breastfeeding and you know all the oxytocin exists it's the commitment molecule it's what we give off when we are attached to somebody and when you go through a breakup you have to like break those bonds up uh i'm not a chemist i don't know how it works do you guys have an oxytocin bond with me i'll virtually hug you my shirt's on all right anyway i'd wear that sweater uh give me your sweater nick um don't text your ex but uh Send your sweater to a bachelor recapper. So either way, um, Johnny's kind of understanding this is all a game. It's all a game. He had mentioned that, you know, his DMs are kind of crazy right now. And he had a bunch of people. He's a, it's like half the people like want me to come on your podcast. <laughs> Other people tell me not to do it. And I said, well, if, as a friend, I don't think you should come on. Reverse psychology. I love it. Oh, don't come on. Don't come on. Come on to the show, please. <laughs> but I'd love to have you come on. Yeah, uh, you're welcome anytime. I, you know, I just said That's like you, you've already done two. You've already done two, and unless you have something new, Susie's got a great voice. Who to say? And like you know, I just 
I think it's time for everyone to heal it and move on. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we uh, watched the rest of the show and like Johnny went to the bathroom and then Nally was just like, you got to go ask Ryan for a photo in between commercials. Oh, Other nice. people were coming up. I didn't want to bother him because I was just like, I'm trying to be his best friend. So like once I asked to take a photo totally. with him. Then you're fan material. I'm a, yeah. I'm a not fan. Friend. I'm like a total yeah. fan. And I was just like, I don't know. Like You fan zone I haven't become. <laughs> yeah. I haven't become his best friend yet. So like maybe I should just get the photo. <laughs> <laughs> Susie, you should trademark fan zone. That, fan zone. Friend zone, fan zone. Yeah. Fan yeah. zone fan is for real. That's a good, yeah. that's a good, yeah. I've, I, I wanted to become, I wanted a friend zone and I fan zone myself, according <laughs> to Susie. Well done, But you got Susie. the photo. I did get the photo. So there you go. He was very gracious. Chris Olson encouraged me. Chris Olson, friend of show. Oh. He went up, asked Ryan for a photo. Ryan was very nice. And then uh, I went up, asked him, and I was very awkward. And I was like, do I tell him the whole Ryan Walmart, Ryan Reynolds Walmart version? So I was just, you know, he stood up and I was like, hey, I'm I'm a big fan. I'm sorry for bothering you. And he's like, what's your name? Kind of do. He was a very, he was a pro. Love it. And I immediately was like, fuck, I'm such a fan right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But then you also like low key were like, oh, but he has my name. Yeah, but it's like, like, it's Nick. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Um, We are friends now. We are friends. And then I gave him, and I felt real dumb doing it. And I was just like, I... A while back, I was a bachelor and people used to call me the Ryan Reynolds, Walmart Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> and he laughed and he goes, well, Walmart's a, like a reputable brand. Reputable brand. Yeah. And I was like, Ugh, yeah. What a joke. Actually, it is. Yeah. Have uh, you watched his well special known. about like the Wrexham soccer team that he bought and like now Not manages? Not yet. I haven't seen uh, it. So yeah, How big of a fan are you of Ryan Reynolds if you haven't watched Welcome to Wrexham? It's on Hulu. Guys, watch Welcome to Wrexham. It's a very heartwarming show. Lasso? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So we took a couple selfies and then johnny came back i was like yeah i just got a just got a photo with uh ryan he's like oh, i'm so fucking jealous i'm like just go i'm like and I, so then i encouraged johnny to go do the same thing i did in the next commercial break i'm like it's i know he's like i, I felt the same way you did it's super awkward just go he's super nice and johnny's uh f- his camera wasn't working so oh, no. he used natalie's phone to take the f- a selfie with ryan and then uh so johnny got natalie's number that's what i just heard uh, and then there was some after party. Yeah, there was an after party. And because I worked the event, I had like a car service waiting for me. So I'm like, Johnny, do you know how you're going to get there? He's like, no. I'm like, well, just ride with us. Nice. So the three of us went there. Poor and Susie's we went back like my- trying to involve. Poor Susie's like, do you want me to come back when the story's over? <laughs> trailer, that's when we took. You're like a little trio. The selfie. Yeah. Oh. And we were having some fun. And uh, then I posted it. And um, the world went no wild. Internet exploded. <laughs> and Johnny's like, uh, and then we got in the car, and uh, I'm like, Johnny, you got to comment something good. Uh, well, and then and then Natalie uh, commented, uh, "Still Team, team Victoria." Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we were in the car with Johnny, and then I told Johnny he has to comment something good. I wonder how I wonder what Victoria feels about all of this. You know, I mean, and look, I get I get it. They're making light of a situation. They're commodifying a tough situation. So you might as well get some followers out of it. I totally understand. But if I'm Victoria, I might be like, hey, friend, can you not be hanging out with my ex and being all chummy? Good. And then he's like, uh, then he commented, I'm still not doing your podcast. Oh, wow. And then I replied, chicken shit. We're all in the car while this is happening. (laughs) I love it. I really wanted, what I really wanted to comment was uh, like, this is all fake. You know, just to fuck with people. Because I mean, in all seriousness, like, it's just not that 
serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I understand, obviously. I'm sure, I'm sure Johnny, who was uh, called his mom crying the night of the reunion, who's had a real blow to his mental health, feels like it's a little bit more serious. But you got to kind of play it off. Nick's the quote unquote cooler kid here. He's got the bigger following. And Johnny, I mean, look, again, I'd probably do the same thing. It's like fight or flight. You just decide like, look, all right, I might as well befriend these people that are in my quote unquote work circle uh, versus like have any further beef. Although, you know, hey, would it be good for Johnny to go on the show? Like uh, Johnny, like uh, like Nick said here, uh, from a practical standpoint, the story's dead. It's over. Everyone moves on. But it is a slow time of the year. So book Johnny, get on the show. Let me know what you guys think. Now, what I love about barrel scraping is we're introduced to more of the nitty-gritty topics that exist in Bachelor Nation. So we've got Clayton Eckert on the Bachelor Happy Hour podcast discussing the post-breakup life that he lives and communicating with Susie. And then we have Susie on Nick Vile's podcast discussing, you know, setting the bar high in her relationship. Let's hear what they both have to say after the fallout of the Clayton-Susie breakup. Well, here we have it, Clayton Eckert on the Bachelor Happy Hour podcast. I'm going to play this clip for you. It's very fascinating. But first, I want to share for you guys what Susie had to say regarding her relationship and breakup with Clayton Eckert. Of course, she was one of his finalists from this past season of The Bachelor. And then they started dating after the show ended. It was great. And then it wasn't. I think I want to know and understand more like I always found even just like psychology interesting because I'm like, I want to understand why I make these decisions or why these decisions make me feel this way. Like I want to understand what's happening. And I I think that helps you like be a better person, be a better partner. So I feel like I am always and I have always even before coming on to The Bachelor, like just enjoyed researching and understanding like why we do things or why we feel things. Mm -hmm. And then like, understanding that you have choices. It's not just like, oh, I feel this way. So this is how it is. Like you have a choice in everything that you do. And if you understand how those choices make you feel, it allows you to like move forward in a better way. Yeah. What's something from your past last relationship specifically that- I love Nick. He's like, and let's talk about Clayton. That relationship helped you grow. And then what's something from that relationship that you don't mind saying goodbye to? Hmm. I think Clayton and I both grew up, like we had to develop a lot of patience with each other because we were very different people. What were some of your differences? Mm, I think we had very different expectations of a relationship. And that's like probably the thing that I'm happy to like close the chapter. It's like, I think that my expectations in a partner were different than what his expectations were to like be a partner and vice versa. Like, I think I can laugh about it now. We actually recently spoke and we had a great funny conversation and it was all good. So I feel like I can laugh through a lot of the pain now where I might've been like a little bit more reserved to share, but like we did have a conversation once where it was like, my expectations were (laughs) too high. And I was like, no, my expectations are what they are. Like my standards are what they are. You can rise to meet them or I'll find somebody that will, you know, like. This is the conversation you and him yes, had like back in the day. Back in the day, yeah, yeah, You yeah. had an expectation. He was like, seems a little hot. Yeah. And, and, and I'll say this. This is where this is uh, this is where you can be kind of like we have we know nothing about what they were talking about. Her expectation could have been very reasonable. Like she could have just wanted him to call her back, you know. Once so it could be very reasonable, but it could be a scenario, Susie. It could be a scenario. Anyone else out there, men, ladies, whoever, where. 
you have to understand that the other person needs to live their life. You need to live yours. And while the expectation should be something that you, that, that you want at a reputable level, you, sometimes you have to lower your expectations. We always say dessert's not the main course. And a relationship should be dessert, right? Not the main course. So sometimes it's healthy to lower your expectations a little bit. And I think regardless of gender, uh, I think that the older we get, the more we lower our expectations. I think. And what was that expectation? Well, I think it was like in general, like my expectations, like my standards in a relationship or something like that. Like that was, I like brought something to him and it was like, oh, well, I think your standards are a little too high. Like you're expecting a little too much. And I was like, I don't, I don't think that I am going to lower my expectations and my standards. I'm going to communicate my needs and you could come along if you want to. <laughs> Which is and a little bit of a threat. She's saying it in good fun here, but it's kind of one of those my way or the highway. And it's like, well, when you're that brittle, when you're that rigid, if something's not perfect, you break, right? You need to be bending a little bit you know, with that bendiness, which means her expectations, if he can't meet them in certain areas, maybe he exceeds them in others. It's kind of like love language. Like if your love language is affirmations, but your partner's is acts of service, find a way to appreciate their act of service and take that as an affirmation. Do you know what I mean? Find a way to translate what they can offer. Now, it could be a scenario where she... There could be plenty of reasons why this wasn't working out for her. And I'm not here to tell people to like suffer until you make it work. I'm just gently pushing back on the idea that like everyone needs to rise to your level. And like I laugh, I'm laughing through it because I realized at the time when I said it, I probably, it probably did sound sassy because I remember saying like, you can rise to meet my standards or I'll find somebody who wants to. <laughs> And I know it probably sounded love, in the moment. I, I was love like, that she's laughing and everyone else is like crickets, like ooh, It probably sounded sassy because it was a heated conversation. Well, it's that maybe that second part that <laughs> yeah, was probably exactly the, the the threat at the end. Yeah, like, <laughs> look, so, yeah. yeah, look. I mean, uh, credit to Nick here for calling it out. His producers are laughing like, yes. As, if you don't want me, somebody else will. I got boatloads of DMs. I got a binder full of women over here. <laughs> Yeah, I got it. <laughs> it might have been a little threatening, yeah. Clayton. If you're listening, I'm sorry. Yeah. That was a little bit toxic of me. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's. I think we love talking about this stuff because yeah. how we communicate with our partners is not easy, mm -hmm. especially in the heat of the moment. Of and course, it is very nuanced. And yeah, I think, especially here on the show, we talk about community expectations all the time. Mm -hmm. So like. Like, okay, so like they say, go listen to the whole episode. I think, I think, um, boy, this might trigger some of you guys. I think Nick does a good job in a lot of ways about talking about healthy ways to communicate. He might not be the best at it. He might be hypocritical because not only does he talk about healthy ways to communicate, he also has a podcast that needs to get clicks. And we all understand that. Every once in a while, I look at my thumbnails and I go, all right, I know I want to do good out there, but how do I get people to click on this? How do I sensationalize this a little bit? I mean, it's a problem with the news. It's a problem with the um, the rewards we have on, on social media for getting people to click. But I generally think that Nick's more right than he is wrong when it comes to his thoughts and theories around how to have proper communication. So here's Clayton on the 
Michelle Young podcast, which by the way, Michelle Young had posted this earlier, the crumbs from my podcast this morning. I've always called them crumbs because after it's over, that's what's left. Um, learn how to be happy with what you've got while you pursue what you want. And people have been wondering, myself included, if this is the end for Michelle Young on the Bachelor Happy Hour podcast. Let's see if she says anything here or just collects those final paychecks because uh, all signs are pointing towards her not being a part of the Bachelor podcast community for too long. Well, can you elaborate a bit more on what was in that letter, how you got yourself into that place to write that and just kind of why you wanted to to send that off to her? Yeah, um, well, I basically was just going about my life. I don't know, it was a couple of weeks ago, maybe when this message was sent. And I was just driving in my car and I just was overcome with just happiness. Like I was genuinely just happy. I was like, my life is good. You know, I'm, I just, I, I'm doing what I want. Uh, you know, I'm making an impact. Good things are happening. Uh, I've learned so much and I have zero regrets. Like I love everything that's happened in my life because I am the person that I am because of the good and bad. And I found good through all the bad. So I just had this moment where I was driving and it was like a sunny day out and I was playing, jamming out some music, windows down, rolling through Scottsdale. <laughs> and I was just so grateful and thankful. And the first person my mind went to was Susie. I was like, she is the reason why you're here, like in this position. Because when the show ended, my, I had lost all stability and structure. I was like, what am I doing? I left my job. Okay. I guess I'm going to be an influencer now. I'm trying to make the influencer stuff work. It wasn't working like I thought because influencing is hard. I, I hate that people say it's so easy. It is not easy. It is a full-time job. I'm not good at it really. Like I do my thing, but like people don't give people credit for that. Like it is an art in itself. You have to have creativity. You have to follow the trends. It's a full-time job folks. You, and like Susie would do that. Susie would like be on social media, looking at what's popular. She, she loves social media. So she would look at all that and she is an incredible influencer and she's an incredible person. So, um, but like, I'm not that like, I, I was like, I, and so I was overwhelmed though. And I was like, what am I going to do next? And, uh, I was like, I'm going back to corporate America. I'm going back, I'm going back to medical sales. What's safe. And she stopped me. She was like, Clayton, I see how happy you are on the days where you make an impact on people. Uh, you know, I don't think you should give this up yet. Like, I just think that you, I, have, I think you have more in you. I think you're not done. Like you've tried, but have you exhausted all options? I was like, well, no. She's like, okay. So like, keep working, like keep, put your head down, like try, try it again, give it another chance. And so and I did in multiple areas. And then all of a sudden things started to like turn in my favor. And I was like, oh my gosh, wait, I actually can make a living, you know, off of what I'm doing. And it's my, it's not, it's not medical sales now. It's my passions, true passions that only happened because of her. Like, otherwise I'd be back working my, my sales job right now, which like wouldn't have been bad, but it just wasn't my, my passion. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't, I didn't wake up on a Monday being like, can't, can't wait to go to work. You know, I'd be mm -hmm. like, like, oh, I gotta be like seven. <laughs> like another Monday. Yeah. And, and again, nothing wrong with that. It's just for me, I always felt like there was more I should be doing. And, and, and For those listening on the audio version only called Bachelor Rush Hour, Michelle Young is on screen right now. Find myself in a different area. And so she, I have her to thank for all of that. And uh, I wanted to let her know that I just want, I just sent her a message and said, thank you so much for all that you've done for me. Like you've truly impacted my life for the better. And, um, you know, I also just wanted to let her know too, that I was again, sorry for like the turmoil that I put her through, uh, whether it was directly or indirectly. I mean, I hurt her 
in a lot of ways. And I didn't mean to, and, and, but you know, sometimes I did from my actions directly, sometimes indirectly. And so I they do a good job of both discussing and sharing their gratitude for each other. Of course, Susie said in jest the whole, if you can't rise to my occasion, you know, if someone else will, like she's obviously like, I'm, I'm sure they had way healthier conversations than that. But uh, Clayton, I mean, coming off this season, dealing with being a people pleaser and, and, you know, enemy number one, I can't imagine how his relationship with Susie could have even ever flourished. Just wanted to let her know that I was like, Hey, when it's all said and done, you are an incredible human being. And like, I would not be the person I am today if it wasn't for you. So I just wanted to let her know that because I thought, you know, I think people need to have those conversations and reach out and let people know how much they mean to them because it just, it just, when you spread positivity, it, it just, it comes back. Like it, it comes back and finds you. And I'm just so thankful that her and I have that relationship where, you know, <laughs> Jesus we can still talk. You know, we we do text from time to time and check in and mm-hmm. laugh and talk about, you know, like how we, you know, I, I made the joke. I'm like, oh man, like, you know, I, we, uh, I guess like, I'll keep, I'll, mind. I'll keep some things private. But <laughs> oh, we, share the joke. We, like, <laughs> I, because some things should be. By the way, Clayton and Michelle, former couple, when she was on hit, when he was on her season, are both single, right? Why not? Maybe Clayton and Michelle, huh? Right, like that. That's between mm-hmm. her and I. But at the end of the day, like we are cordial, we're friends, and that's I wouldn't want it any other way. So mm-hmm. it's just been really great because she, um, like, I'm writing a book right now, and I sent her a message, and I was like, "You know me more than most people do. Would you be willing to look at this?" And she was like, "Absolutely, I could be so like you know honored to do so." Like, amazing. I'm happy for Clayton. I'm happy he's writing a book, and I'm happy to read it. Send me a copy, or I'll buy one, whatever. And um, I, you know, Clayton's ability to talk about mental health and connect with others is something I think is way more valuable than working in medical sales. The idea that he can share from this big, strong male perspective, how weak um, the, the soul can be and reaching out for help and being brave enough to talk about those things. A plus Clayton. And of course we met Susie this week. Fantastic human. One of the most level-headed couples to break up and we're happy to see and support whatever they do next now in this instance i think i've saved the best for last i I need this is a topic that needs no introduction it's the conversation about love about accepting all of those around us and the monumental signing of the respect for marriage act uh if you're not too familiar with the nitty gritties we cover it all in this video have a listen a special White House group date? Could you imagine? Becca Tilly, is she filming for Bachelor again? No, of course not. But she is at the White House, and she said today was awesome. Becca Tilly, of course, we're going to get into this story right here. Uh, news broke out, um, let's see, uh, back in May, that her and, K- and Haley Kiyoko confirmed their relationship and go Instagram official. It's, she said, hard to say if this is a hard or soft launch, but it is a launch, Becca said, this past spring in her first Instagram reel, you know, showing that she is in a same-sex relationship. Now, there's plenty of people that are in same-sex relationships that never feel the need to come out of their closet. They live normal, everyday lives. Their friends and family just know they present uh, it, that they are in that lifestyle, and that's perfectly fine. 
But then there are people that might be known to an audience that might not be 100% accepting of same-sex relationships or come from a family where that might be frowned upon. I know this from a very personal experience where I know family members that took their sexuality to the grave, never able to tell their family uh, who they loved, who they opened their heart up to. And regardless of gender, I think that is such a travesty that that exists in our country. I've got friends that came out of the closet to me fearing they would lose their friendship, not because I wouldn't accept them, but because they had the fear that they wouldn't be accepted. It's a very, very sad thing that happens. But the positive is we live in a country where where same-sex marriage has never had a higher approval rate. 70% of the people in our country, you know, the constituents, voters, believe that same-sex couples should have the same rights. It's not about whether or not you want to be in a same-sex relationship. It's about whether or not people should have the right to see their loved one in the hospital, to have insurance under the same plan. Simple contractual reasons why same-sex relationships and interracial relationships should have the same rights as other as other uh, 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 couples have. Right, so here we have the whole kind of like deal behind it. If you're if you haven't paid attention, I know there's a lot of terms and acronyms. It can kind of be overwhelming. So what we have here is RFMA officially repeals DOMA and requires the federal government to recognize same-sex and interracial marriages. That's what was signed into law yesterday. That's what Becca Tilly was at the White House for, the Respect for Marriage Act. And you might say, why do we need to sign into law something that already kind of exists out there? Well, because there's been a lot of repealing of things that have previously been signed into law. This isn't necessarily political in the left versus right. It's really more of a class issue where we've got 70 plus percent of our country saying, hey, this should be legal. Like, who cares what other people do with their bodies? Who cares who other people love? This shouldn't be a deal at all. And yet, and yet it is. So let's jump ahead a few. House members voted for and against the Respect for Marriage Act. How could anybody possibly oppose this? 169. So this is where, you know, when you look at the left versus the right, conservatives, uh, Democrats versus Republicans, you see a clear um, amount of supporters that come from the Democratic Party. And then you see a clear opposition from the Republican Party. And you say, how could this possibly be? Our elected officials are supposed to represent us, the American people. With a 70% approval rate, shouldn't most people support this? Shouldn't that be the Shouldn't this be such an overwhelming thing that's happening within our country? What's behind Senate Republicans' hesitancy towards same-sex marriage? It's a very simple question. How come if their constituents want them to vote for this, they wouldn't? And this exists also on the left with Democrats uh, that have corp not not, in, not with this issue, but that have corporate donations where they vote a certain way because the corporations are sponsoring their election campaigns and this and that. It's a real. It all comes down to money. So I'm going to read this for you. There's a far simpler reason Republicans might ultimately decide not to take up the bill. It goes against what many white evangelicals want. Now, hold on a second. If you're religious or evangelical, this isn't an attack on you, but it is kind of an attack on your leaders. Um, white evangel, because we know Jesus, 
said, you know, everyone should be treated equal. We know he was a pretty woke for his time, right? Kind of a socialist, if you think about it, wasn't he? He wanted the sick to be uh, tr- taken care of. You know, if, if he was alive today, he would want Medicare for all, I believe, right? Don't you think? Don't you think he wouldn't want people to go broke from stubbing a toe? It goes against what many white evangelicals want, and white evangelicals remain an important and influential part of the Republican Party. Consider that evangelical institutions are already urging Republicans not to vote in favor of the bill. On July 26, 83 religious and right-wing groups sent a letter to Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell saying the act is an attack on millions of Americans, particularly people of faith who believe marriage is between one man and one woman, and that legitimate distinctions exist between men and women concerning family formation that should be recognized in law. The idea being that a man and a woman can procreate, so that's the only reason there should be marriage, when in fact there's plenty of married men and women that don't have children that don't intend to have children. You know, we do live in a world that's some might say overpopulated. I personally think there should be a tax, like a green, uh, um, like a tax or a federal credit for people that don't have kids, you know, because it's like, all right, you know what I mean? It's like, all right, I don't know. Just a thought. Encourage people to have less children. Hey, I love my family. I love kids. I love all that. But uh, boy, can these brats quit running around? Get off my lawn. I'm kidding. Um, so anyway, The argument that recognizes the rights of others is an infringement on one's own religious liberty is a familiar one, especially in the years since the Supreme Court made same-sex marriage legal across the country in 2015. So Supreme Court made same-sex legal just a couple years ago, but people are worried that in today's time that will roll backwards. Now, hold on. Don't get your panties all in a bunch here. This article is called Trump justices accused of going back on their word on Roe, but did they? So there are several... Uh, Trump, one of his biggest legacies, I guess you could say, is that he was able to get three conservative Supreme Court justices nominated under his term, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. So what did they say about uh, Roe v. Wade when it came to their nominating? So basically, this is their job interview. So they're voted on based on how they interpret the, the Constitution and how they've made rulings in the past. They all said all this. Their past precedents. It is a precedent of the United States Supreme Court. And it has been reaffirmed many times over the past uh, 45 years. So those were those were three times, maybe more, four uh, different Supreme Court justices that said uh, essentially that they would not change previous rulings that were made. And previous rulings like Roe v. Wade were made to protect um, abortions, abortion rights, um, in, in the uh, in the uh, system legally. Uh, of course, that was repealed in a just bombshell, probably the biggest thing that happened this year um, that was repealed this year. So people are people have been worried respectfully with all this hateful rhetoric. And I have, I have, to, I have to kind of mention all this because I know people are going to, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe people, th- th- you know, get triggered by these types of conversations. Why are we talking about this in The Bachelor? Well, because Becca Tilly went to the White House. So uh, so we're going to talk about it. But People, there is a lot of hateful rhetoric. There's a lot of hateful rhetoric for people who just share their love, for people that want to hold hands um, with their partner, for people that want to walk down the aisle and do so in a timely fashion where their parents are still alive, where they don't want the rights that were given them to be taken away. Because we are only a few short years removed from bloody conflict you know, that, that has happened um, all over the country from, you know, from so many terrible, I don't, you know, uh, just moments of targeted harassment towards same-sex couples to seeing them as lesser than because, because deep in their soul, they've chosen to love somebody 
that doesn't um, have the same sort of, um, I don't know, ideologies as a heterosexual couple. So it's a very interesting conversation about this hesitancy for same-sex marriage. In a time where we've never had a higher approval rate for same-sex marriage, this is the reason why a certain amount of Republican senators voted against it. And yet, yesterday, Becca Tilly posted that she was there at the White House. And here's some photos from her uh, camera roll here. There's a nice one, um, you know, because of course, like like we said before, um, who knows what her process was for coming out of the closet and sharing her identity, and um, you know, not everyone who comes out of the closet wants to be a poster child or is ready to be a poster child for, you know, things like like gay rights and equality and things like that. So there she is, tagged at the White House South Lawn. I love this photo right here. So there they are, and of course, let's go to her Instagram stories. Let's go. Let me go earlier on here. And um, there she is looking very nice in front of the White House. Nice like plaid. She had that plaid White House chic. You know what I mean? There they are. We're at the White House! Getting to go to the White House and witness the Respect for Marriage Act being signed today was so special. So there they are doing their thing. And of course, we're just so happy for them and for everyone in our community. That's not just in a same-sex relationship, but for everyone in our community that that is knocked over the head with the fact that this is even something happening in the good year of 2022. Everyone in our community, and for those that might blindly support one side versus the other or say, well, my preacher told me that this, that marriage is between a man and a woman because God have made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. You know, all these stupid things you hear. Rubbish. Absolute rubbish. So when we have people like famous senators that have run for presidency recently, when we have them denouncing and disavowing same-sex relationships, and then their own child attempts to take their life this week in the good year of 2022, this holiday season, when we have stuff like that still happening, it's complete and utter bullshit. And it needs to be talked about. And it needs to be disavowed. And it needs to be, uh, we need to vote in officials that have their mind right, that are doing what they have pledged to do, which is serve the American people, not serve their donors and serve the elite and serve these corporations. Good golly. So, you know, I haven't been a stranger to reporting on sort of, you know, a lot of the ideological issues that exist. On the Dave Neal Show, uh, I can't believe this was already four weeks ago, we had Candace Cameron ignites Christmas war. We know JoJo Siwa has come out of the closet and she has had a beef with Candace Cameron. So I made this video about it on the Dave Neal Show, which is essentially exactly what I do here with just non-bachelor content. So Candace Cameron, I hey, look, I, no one's a bigger fan of Full House than me. Okay, I haven't watched Fuller House, but Full House, me, cut it out, right? No one's a bigger fan. And she's, I guess, the creative director of this new channel, like the American Hallmark, you know, she basically, like Hallmark wasn't, I guess, right wing enough for her. So she's part of a new channel that has, quote unquote, traditional marriage. And of course, the idea that, because she was coming from Hallmark, you know, she's made her living as a lot of actors do once their like mainstream career is not as popular. They'll either go to Christian 
films or Christmas those are the, or horror. I mean, there's very niche categories you go to, but a lot of Christian and Christmas films uh, are made. But there's this sort of fake war on Christmas that has kind of existed amongst like... Um, I don't know. It's it's existed for for the better part of the last decade, as far as I know. This whole like, hey, if I say happy holidays, you say it's Merry Christmas. I say it's it's whatever the f you want it to be. What do I care? Just share love, share happiness. I I celebrate Christmas. Um, I rubbing elbows last night with friends who celebrate Hanukkah. Hey, when's Hanukkah this year? How does it work? You know? Oh, good, good to see. You. Okay, and happy holidays. You know, whatever. Just rubbish. Who cares? Right. But it's used as a marketing technique to drive money. And of course, this new this new movie channel that makes Christmas movies that Candace Cameron went to uh, wants to focus on traditional marriages. Well, it's Hallmark, this wildly woke. I'll tell you what. Nobody watches more Christmas movies than me. My wife is obsessed with Christmas movies and I've become, too. I love how cliche they are. I love how um uh, transparent the scripts are. I love that I cry watching every single one of them without a doubt. So I watched the Christmas class reunion last night. It's on Hallmark channel, um, which I got on the Peacock channel. It's like five bucks a month. So I got it. And here's what we have here. And it's, and it's a good movie. Did you guys like it? Let me know. I'm not going to give away anything about the movie, but we've got a, we've got a header uh, from left to right. We've got a heterosexual relationship, non-white Right. And then the next guy there is is the middle lady's assistant or something or someone's assistant. He's gay. We have a gay white guy. And then we in the center here, we have a heterosexual relationship. But his daughter is black. And then next to them, a heterosexual. And then I think the final guy is also heterosexual. So out of these seven or so people, we've got um, uh, five of them are in straight relationship. My, the point I'm saying is. A little diversity doesn't take away from like whatever a traditional marriage is supposed to be. A traditional love story to me isn't two heterosexual people falling in love. It's love. Isn't that all it is? I, I can't believe I'm shouting this from my studio. Like it's an even an argument. So whenever you see people using these types of scenarios, these cultural issues as a way to divide us, just remember, it's for their own gain. It's for their own uh, finance, uh, financing of their elections. It's for their own marketing to uh, market to an, uh, you know, an ultra left or an ultra right. That's just not where the majority of us are. The majority of us want love, want it to be legal, and want to share that with others. All right, folks, we made it to the end of another fantastic episode of Bachelor Rush Hour. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this little podcast experiment. I've got, you know, our good friends like Bruce here. Bruce in Oregon says that he, he says that the podcast might be the best thing we've got coming out. And, you know, I'm going a little light on my intros. I'm giving you five minutes. I'm not giving you anything crazy. It's a summation of the day's news on the Bachelor YouTube channel. But I have to thank you guys for listening day in and day out. We're getting a 2,000 regular subscribers subscribers every single day are tuning in i want to get that number 10 times that i want to get to twenty thousand. uh if you know any podcast you think i should go on that can help promote our channel let me know please uh whatever it is the best way is to reach out to the podcast you like that you think i'd be a good part of and ask them if they'll have me on that's the best way to do it i'm hoping to doing anybody's podcast i'm gonna work really hard to make sure we make this successful and um thank you guys so much for being on the ground floor of it i've been dave neal and this is bachelor rush hour
You have a lot to focus on every day. Let Virginia Premier focus on your health coverage. Our health plan is only focused on Virginia, so we can connect you with quality health care and local resources. Our added benefits give you more value on top of your medical and drug coverage from Virginia Medicaid. See our benefits at virginiapremier.com slash Medicaid and have your whole family with the same health plan. Virginia Premier, focused on Virginia, focused on you.